This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Laravel News Podcast. We are on episode, I do not know, Michael's coughing into his sleeve, 51, 51, 51. That's right, because last episode was 50. Yeah, I know that sounds the so common five sense. Oh, the golden episode, if you will. The golden episode. So we've got a couple of things we're going to talk about. This is going to be a quick one uh, because I we recorded a special edition of our other podcast earlier this week during our normal slot. And so we are up early and up very late recording this one. And I've got like a meeting in 45 minutes and I have yet to do anything to get ready for the day. So <laughs> <laughs> it is going to be a race to the finish. Uh, all right, let's get started. Uh, Laravel, and I, this is how tired I am. I wrote Laravel 5.5. Or I'm sorry, I wrote Laracon 5.5.22. <laughs> Apparently we are versioning Laracon. Yes, we are. Laravel, Laravel 5.5.22 released this week. Yes? Yes. Yes, you're nodding your that head. Is yes. Correct, yes. Okay, that means yes. All right. So a couple of things to note on this, which uh, I thought were super awesome. So in the past, if you wanted to be able to take a file that's in storage, like cloud storage or disk storage or whatever, and return it as a response or as a download, I'm trying to think if you could always you could definitely do that but about how you went about doing it was a little bit different um yeah you had to basically anyway, pass anyway, the path into the request that's right. facade and so you would return request download download request and then have, 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 have the path yeah yeah which is you can't really get a path like that super easily from every single storage thing right so anyway yeah this makes it super easy so there's now a response or a download method is straight on the storage facade. So you could say like storage, uh, download or storage response, and that will either return like an inline uh, download or a response with the file so that you can send that back to your user super easily. So that was pretty cool. So thank you, Jonathan Rennick. I think he's the one who put that in. He did. And uh, yeah, I will definitely be using that. And so it's funny, I end up, I run into these situations like recently, uh, temporary URL. I wanted to use temporary URL uh, somewhere. And we were kind of working around it using the S3 SDK thing. And I was like, nope, forget it. We're doing a Laravel shift. We're moving up to 5.5. <laughs> and we are just for that single feature alone. Yeah. So I have a couple in mind here where I'm like, yep, if I ever see that again in one of our apps when we're doing like refactoring or something, ripping it out and upgrading to 5.5.22. So thanks, Jonathan. That's awesome. Uh, what else we got, Michael? Uh, we've got this other temporary, I guess, schema method. So in your okay in your schema for when you're doing your migrations, there's this temporary method which Jake and I didn't know about before this. So this was adding support for SQL Server or SQL Server, as the case were. Um, but this has also added support for. Well, well, sorry, it's added support for SQL Server, but we did not realize that this previously existed and we were talking about it before the show to figure out when and why you might use it. So the example that Jake came up for, 
came up with that I thought was crazy, but then subsequently found a blog post <laughs> about the very same thing mm-hmm. was if you were processing a CSV file. So if you had your users uploading a CSV, maybe a product spreadsheet or something like that, you could potentially import that CSV directly into a temporary table, do whatever you work you needed with that to, to process it and then spit it out into your application after doing that processing in the database rather than trying to do it in code and then worrying about memory limitations and things like that, timeouts that you might experience depending on the size of the of the spreadsheet itself. So I've, I've not used it myself. As I said, we neither of us had even come across it previously. So Right. Never heard of it. Yeah. yeah. For those of you that, it that seems need that kind of functionality, to, it's certainly, I mean, it's been there for a while. And, and if you're using SQL Server, then it's it's there for you now as well. Yeah, that came in right on the top of my head, like the whole importing a spreadsheet sort of thing, because I've had to do that at certain times. And it can be a pain because like you can't query a spreadsheet, right? So you miss having the full power of of MySQL yeah. or any you know SQL sort of language at your fingertips, which you're so used to. And so having the ability, like being able to import and then be able to query that database and do different things with that data instead of being limited to what you can do with a CSV uh, sounds very attractive. So there are a couple of places where I might end up using this. Uh, It's nice to just have in your back pocket. Cool. So that's 5.5.22. Also, this Monday, the Laracon US site launched. So in case you were not able to hear it on one of our previous shows, I believe we talked about it on one of our previous shows. Uh, Laracon is going to be in Chicago this year at the Museum of Science and Industry, which is one of the largest science museums in the world, home to more than 400,000 square feet of hands-on exhibits. And everybody who attends gets uh, full museum access, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, in addition, uh, last year's Laracon was limited to, I think, 450? About that? About 450 that, yeah. people? Yeah. And... This auditorium holds about 850. So this is set to be the biggest Laracon in the US ever. Laracon EU, I think you said, Michael, this year's going to possibly hit like 900. Yeah, something 900, like that. 950. Yeah. It's a big venue there as well. Yeah. So it's it's just getting bigger, which is awesome. Confirmed speakers, Taylor Outwell, Adam Wathen, Matt Stauffer, and then uh, also the founder of Basecamp, Jason Freed or Fried. How do you say his name? How do you say his last name? I say Freed? Jason Freed. So do I, usually. Jason Freed. So uh, Basecamp is located in Chicago. So that's pretty cool. Uh, So Jason Freed will be there to talk with us all, who is an amazing person to follow on Twitter. He's very intelligent. And uh, I look forward to hearing him speak. That should be fun. Yeah. And Uh, if you are also interested, the CFP is now open. So if you want to get on that speaker list, make sure that you get your CFP submissions in. You can do that at uh, laracon.us. Sounds good. Uh, it is July 25th and 26th for anybody who is interested. Uh, tickets will go on sale in January, I believe. Uh, so you can get in line on the laracon.us website. It says Laracon tickets are released first come first serve to those on our early bird list. Get your name on the list early for the best chance of securing tickets. So uh, there is a email sign up on the page. You should go do that right now. Yeah. Literally pause the podcast. If you're driving, pull over to the side of the road. Laracon.us, get your email on the list. We want to see you there. What's what's travel like there? I know Chicago is reasonably central, right? Because when we flew over for oh, yeah. New York last year, it was LAX, Chicago. So 
I assume it's fairly no, easy it's... to get there as well from most most Cor- US based airports. It is. Yeah, yeah. No, Chicago is like a pretty big hub. It's not like as big as Atlanta or anything like that. But I mean, yeah, it's definitely not difficult to get to. And I think even for international travel, it's not too bad. You know what I mean? It's not like Louisville. It's not like trying to get to Louisville, for goodness sakes. You know, if you're coming from outside the country, Chicago is not like a little pit stop. It's obviously it's like a lot of the stuff goes to Chicago. So yeah, should be uh, should be pretty good be for great. people coming from near or far. And Chicago's a pretty awesome city too. Yeah. So yeah, I had a great great yeah. time there for the few days I was there this yeah. year. And um, look for looking forward to a Laracon US next year. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> anyway, okay. So uh, Laravel Blade Extension is something we wanted to talk about as well. So this is kind of cool. This is something that Paul Redmond, uh, one of our favorite humans, and an amazing writer and a good father and all around just all American hero, Paul Redmond, that man. Uh, Laravel Blade Extension is a package that he came up with. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. A package for Laravel Blade Extension classes. Okay. So there is two things that you can do with Blade that are like superpowers that you can give Blade. So there are directives that you can give uh, to Blade, and then you can also register your own conditionals. So you can think about these almost as like if you think about what you can do as like macroing the request class or something like that, or you can kind of add your own functionality on top of the the stuff that comes with it by default. So you can register these directives and register these conditionals. But what Paul has given us here is a class that you can extend or uh, is it? No, no, no. It's more like a contract, right? It implements Blade extension, not extends it. And so what you can do then is you can um, very, very easily keep all of your directives and your conditionals that may belong to a certain set of things altogether. The example he gives here is like if you had a couple directives and conditionals that you wanted to register for a shopping cart. So if you had like cart count, you could register that as a directive. So in your blade, you would just say at cart count and it would grab all the logic that would be necessary in order to figure out how many items are in their cart and display that in your in your blade template. Uh, there would also be a conditional like cart empty or is cart empty. And you would just say at cart empty and then you could display and then say at end cart empty and that would end that conditional. So pretty cool. There's some uh, really interesting things you could do with that. I'm sure uh, your imagination is running wild even as we speak, but he makes it really easy to register those and get those all pushed into the container and ready for use by Blade. He uses, interestingly, he uses uh, container tagging to do this. Michael, do you want to talk just really briefly about that? Yeah, we've talked about it in a previous show, I think. But essentially what it does is it allows you to tag into the container with a with a name, essentially, a whole bunch of classes that you can then loop through in a service provider, which this package uh, includes. So it will loop through every single one that you register and it will automatically register the directives with Blade as well as the conditionals. So you get this nice dedicated class for each of those conditionals that you can bundle your logic. You've got all the benefits of having a class, obviously, so you can inject a service in there or an eloquent model or whatever you need. And it self-contains that logic, but it also makes it really easy to register these things in one place within your within your app service provider. Yep, absolutely. So it's like a... It's like open closed principle sort of thing, I think, right? So like open to extension, closed to modification. So if you wanted to add a new one, you just register a new one and it picks it up. You just tag it into the container as whatever it is. I can't remember what it is here, but it'll pick it up. The service provider will pick it up and you're all set. You don't have to touch the service provider. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, pretty neat. Okay, what else we got here? Uh, Laravel Advent. Why don't you talk about that for a second here? Yeah. So Laravel Advent is a new project by David P.S., which brings a new interview every day for the month of December with a member of the Laravel community. So to go along with this, there is also a daily giveaway and their total prize pool is just over $10,000, which is pretty cool. I've seen some tickets for Laracon online. I've seen some uh, coupon codes for Linode on there. But it's basically a project that lets you get to know some of the members of the Laravel community uh, that maybe you haven't come across before that are that are ticking along in the background. So check it out. There will be a link in the show notes, but it's just laraveladvent.com. Yeah, Ooh, it's pretty cool. December 4th is just gone cool. live. And somehow I managed to get on this list before Taylor Otwell. <laughs> I know. What in the world? That's crazy. Crazy town. Yeah. So Eric Barnes, Matt Stauffer, Michael Dorinda, and Taylor Otwell are on this list so far. It's fun. It's like some, it's like how many standard questions? 28 questions that he asked everybody. And uh, yeah, they're fun. Just a little insight into into the different developers in the community. So pretty cool. There's, uh, yeah, today's gift sponsor is Linode. Linode gift card, I think. Pretty cool. Awesome. All right. Um, Then we've got some community links. Uh, I think there was pretty much just one. And like I said, we're keeping this short. We're literally keeping it short. So the one that you wanted to talk about was app version. Yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So this is a package by Antonio Ribeiro. And essentially what it does is it allows you to present within your application a version number. So where this might be useful is, I guess, in your error tracking where you wanted to see which which errors are being pushed out into uh, your error tracking software in a more human-readable fashion, I suppose. I know that Sentry out of the box will look at your commit chart, but that may not necessarily mean a lot to people at a glance. So if you're tagging in some kind of Semver manner, you might push out that your version is 1.0.0 and you would include the build as well, which might be the commit shaft. But it also makes it a good way for you to look at whether or not a rollback was successful to make sure that your deployments reached all of your servers. If you're using multiple servers, you might have some check that looks at this at the output from this command that shows that the version is what you expect it to be. So um, it also lets you know that users are looking at the latest version of your apps and, and things like that. So it's uh, it's just a, a command or a package rather that you drop in and then you 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 basically configure it with how you expect your versions to look. So you can say that they're major minor patch versions. In my instance, uh, Antonio very kindly and very quickly put out patch to accommodate the versioning scheme that I use in most of my stuff, which is a year month date and then a, an incrementing build counter for the day. So, uh, you know, it'd be 2017, 12, 04, 01, 02, 03, 04, as, as you push out more builds in a given day. So it is highly configurable. It just does a regex match against the tag output from Git. Um, so this probably doesn't work if you're deploying, I guess, artifacts to your servers. So if, if you don't have the Git directory, for example, it's not, not going to work as intended, I believe. So yeah, that, makes that may sense. be a con- consideration for you because, um, yeah, the default is to use Git tags. Yep. Uh, there is always, let me just encourage everybody, there is always a ton of great community links out there. There really is. And we would love to take time to go over all of them. 
because they all hold value for sure. But I would just encourage you to go out and check them out on Laravel News. There's some really interesting stuff that I learn every week from just taking a look through these. I mean, spending 10 minutes just looking through these. Yeah. And I do it once every couple of weeks, you know? So there's, you, you can definitely take a look at all these, um, find some developers who are kind of becoming active in the community or have their own blogs, uh, find new people to follow on Twitter. So yeah, yeah, pretty fun overall. So I would definitely recommend checking that out. All right. I think that about wraps it up. Do the, you have anything else that we yeah, wanted to mention today? One more, oh. thing, one more thing. The last thing that, that we want to talk about, and this episode should drop before this happens. So uh, Lara Talks number 12, the, the final meetup of the Kuala Lumpur Laravel meetup will be happening on the 6th of December at 8 p.m. until 10.30 p.m at the Maxis Academy Plaza Central. So we'll put the link in the show notes for their Facebook group. Um, but if you are in, in Malaysia or certainly near Kuala Lumpur and you're interested in hanging out with some other PHP developers, certainly check that out. Um, two more things. Number one, we had also talked about the app Focused or Focus, just Focus, not Focused, but Focus. We will put um, codes for those in the show notes so you can check that out. Uh, lastly, this is going to be our last show until the new year. So we're going to be taking a break for the holidays. I uh, really appreciate everybody's faithful listening throughout the year and your support, but, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here so that we can spend some time with family and, uh, just, you know, recharge, do whatever else gets to do. Yeah. Recharge exciting things in 2018. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much for listening to episode 51. You can find show notes for this episode at laravel-news.com slash podcast slash 51. If you like this episode, please feel free to rate it up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars is always appreciated. As always, if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us on Twitter at Michael Dorinda, at Jacob Bennett, or at Laravel News. Until next time, friends and comrades, we will see you in the new year. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Was it Happy Kwanzaa? Happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever it is that you celebrate at this time of year, do enjoy yourselves. Don't drink too much. Don't eat too much. Hang out with your family. Or do. Recharge <laughs> your batteries. We will see you in 2018. Let all acquaintance be forgot. All things and... <laughs> Bye, guys and girls and everyone. See ya. I am recording. I am live. I also am recording and live. I'm recording. I am live. I am a humanoid android. <laughs> My name is Jacob Bennett. Welcome to the Laravel News Podcast. I am your host. I kill humans. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Hey, uh...